Many contractors aren't making what they should on their job. Even if you've got your bidding down, you may still be bleeding profits. What are the things to look for and what can we do about it? Come on in, let's talk about it. This is the Contractor Success Forum. If you're new here, I'm Wade Carpenter with Carpenter Company CPAs. With me, my co-host, Stephen Brown with McDaniel Whitley, Bonding and Insurance. Stephen, initial thoughts on this one, bleeding profits. Well, this is titled The Seven Ways to Stop Bleeding Profits from Your Construction Project. So if you're not aware of these seven items during the course of your construction project, odds are you're bleeding profits, wouldn't you say, Wade? Well, there's a lot of hidden ways that we lose profit every day, I suppose. And Well, I guess that's the point that we wanted to get across. There's lots of ways, but I think the seven that you laid out, Wade, are the most common ones. They're the easiest ones to wrap your mind around and and get a hold of. So let's wade right into them, no pun intended. Okay. (laughs) Well, like I said, we, we probably won't hit all the leaks in our profit, but the first one I had on my list is change orders, getting them documented and secured, signed. I see that all the time. A lot of times, well, just do this for me. We'll take care of it later. And I've seen a lot of contractors burn. You see that? All the time, nonstop. So Mm -hmm. many contractors will do a job for someone that they expect will lead to more business. And they'll do it at cost or below cost to get their foot in the door. But I don't think we're talking about that so much as change orders have costs even if there are huge change orders, there's costs associated with those. And you right. bid in that cost before you've given the owner the change order. And if you don't get that documented, first of all, signed off on by the owner, it's no good. It's no good. And my thinking is getting it secured by not only having it signed, by, but getting it in your accounting system and accounting for it. If you're not doing that, you're going to bleed profit. Right. I mean, I see it as well. Uh, I've seen some contractors burn really badly. And as you said, a lot of times we want to, hey, we'll get in good with this general contractor or the owner, and they'll give us some more work. And so we do these little things and they end up maybe it's a little bit here, a little bit there. But a lot of times we don't document these things. And I actually had one of the contractors, it was rather interesting because if they put it in an email, at least you got some kind of start to it. But a lot of times they're on a job site and they're just telling the PM, just, can you just do this for me? And I had one contractor that was, I think he's in Arkansas. I'm I'm trying to remember where he is. He had a little like recorder on his phone and he's like, at least say it here into the phone. (laughs) And they also created a workflow to say, hey, this is how the change order should be. Because a lot of times change orders are just the wild, wild west of construction contracts. (laughs) It just... And there can be a lot of them, right? especially when that owner notices you're not documenting them or giving them firm costs to do that. It's almost like you have to just stop with the owner and say, this is the cost. And I think that's great getting it recorded, having some confirmation that not only was the change order agreed upon, but also that the person issuing the change order has the authority to issue the change order that comes up as well. So right. Getting change orders documented and secured. Well, one other thought on that, all these programs that will transcribe, some people are doing zoom meetings now for project, but a lot of people still like to do those in person, but you can put that recording on the phone as well. And not just the voice notes, but it will also transcribe those notes. 
from both the general contractor as well as the subs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times that kind of documentation can help go a long way. So that was the only thing I wanted to add there. Second thing I wanted to add here, making sure you build everything that you have a right to build. And sometimes it's a matter of, hey, did some of these things that were sitting in our contingency, but the project manager got too busy, didn't communicate that to accounting or whoever was doing the billing. And a lot of those things get missed. And sometimes you have a right to bill it. And sometimes, well, okay, well, we're just going to be the, the nice guy and not worry about it. But sometimes it will come back to bite you. You ever see that? Absolutely. I think topic is self-evident, but making sure you build everything that you have a right to build seems so simple, just about getting change orders documented. But that's what I like about all seven of these. They're clear and concise, and there's a lot of meat to them. Well, I, I realize the project managers are busy. The owners are busy. Sometimes we have some people that are essentially one-man band, and they get too busy to take care of these little things. But that can go a long way to making sure that you have the profit in your jobs as well as the ability to grow beyond yourself. Absolutely. Okay. We'll move on to number three, and this is leading profits from the start of your contract is having somebody check and double check the math on your bids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just a gut check on, hey, did I include everything? You may get that bid because you're the lowest bidder, but you've left out a huge chunk of cost that you didn't consider. I've seen that many times and I don't know if you got any stories. Oh, do I ever? Yeah. <laughs> I'll see a big bid spread. In the bonding world, a bid bid spread is generally any amount over 10%. That's the difference between the low bidder and the second low bidder. And say your customer has a huge bid spread. They're the low bidder and uh, they're going to be awarded the job. You have a very short time frame to get to the owner and the owner's rep and let them know in writing that you made a material mistake in your estimate and you're withdrawing your bid or you're yeah. stuck. And you right. have so many customers go, look, I don't know what that said. I don't know what, what they were thinking. Usually there's two bidders and that other bidder just must be crazy. He was looking for a home run here. But when you have two, three, four, five, six bidders on the same project, and they're way apart from you and they're grouped together, then generally you've made a mistake. That's, yeah. that's a good way to look at it. You might not want to admit it, but you have an ability to get out of that job if you made a mistake on your bid. And so many times just having a separate set of eyes, the comptroller, the CFO, just going over your numbers, just making sure they all add up correctly is huge. And checking your pay applications too. I know this is not really bleeding profits because you eventually get it, but that eats into your cash flows. So I see a lot of times that people do not do AIA billings right. And then somebody comes back, back later. And at some point, hopefully you end up with the right amount of the fixed price contract. But having somebody double check is sometimes it doesn't take that long to do, but can save you a lot of heartache. Absolutely. Okay. Well, if Enough said on that one. Number this four. One I, number four. One thing I preach all the time, I hate to sound self-serving because this is what I do, but get on top of your job costing and make it as real time as possible. The short answer on this is if you know where you are and you know you're bleeding, you can do something about it. Don't wait until you're bled out and yeah. you don't know that you had a hole in there. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I, I was watching a Western last weekend. The guy got shot in the leg and he was too busy to realize that he was bleeding out and he died. So yeah, that's a good analogy, the bleeding out part, because it's just amazing, especially now with material prices going up and down, up and down, mostly up, how not having the job costs that are involved with the project. And, and you're seeing, are these tracking with what, what they're supposed to track with what right. we bid and about what our costs are? And if they're not, why? And it's something that you as the owner or a manager of construction projects can stop. So you can just put the brakes on it until you can figure it out. And a lot of times you have to do that fast. So construction, you can bleed out a lot faster than a gunfighter shot in the leg, I think. Okay. Interesting analogy too. Yeah. But that also does bring in jumping one ahead, number six, and we'll come back to number five, but you know, the, the supply chain. And I think after COVID, a lot of people were awakened to how not only costs go out of control when your supply chain gets messed up, but I think we all know that one major piece that you need to get in on that job and you can't get the material for it. Basically streamlining and actively managing your supply chain. Right. Go a long way to... And, and the salesman saying, I can only hold these prices for 30 days because it's in such great demand and it's so hard to get. So right. you put in your, you put in your bid and then you find out that you're not awarded for 30, 60 days and you're still stuck on that unless there's an escalation clause in your contract. So I think number six is a great point. Streamline and actively manage your supply chain. And I, I get it too, but you know, a lot of times you don't have the cash flow. You don't want to order any earlier than you really have to, but if it's going to take nine months to get that part, at some point you need to go ahead and order it. And sometimes you have to pay for some things up front. So it's a balancing act mm -hmm. because nobody wants the cash flow to go out of pocket. But going back to the whole thing, a lot of things we learned from COVID supply chain issues is, well, do we need to maybe start doing cost plus or time of materials and type contracts instead, mm -hmm. or these escalation clauses you said, because a lot of people got burned on that as well as if we got these late completion clauses and the, these penalty clauses that can get very expensive. So I, I've actually known a couple of contractors that have actually hired somebody to do and manage that purchasing and the, the supply chain after COVID. And whether you need somebody to do that or not, I believe actively managing it can, can go a long way and making sure that your project managers know that it's going to take some time to get certain parts or some materials or something that goes in on that job can make a big difference. Okay. So going back Other, to number five. Okay. This is sort of a general one, but number five is basically the systems and workflows in place so that critical steps are not missed. And I think we did one episode, I don't know how many back, we talked about checklists and how those can help. But having some simple checklist of saying, this is our process for getting a bill out the door, for mm -hmm. making sure that we bid this properly and we considered everything, making sure we do the walkthroughs and those kind of things. Sure. Picking things before trying to get permits. and Right. Um, that most importantly, this is our process for starting the job. Right. Just getting it started. So there, there's a ton of systems and workflows. And we've had a couple of episodes on talking about AI. And if you have no processes, you know, that get documenting something, you get chat GPT to 
start you something. It may not be exactly what you want, but you can take what you've got and at least it's a good starting point. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And 20 plus, almost 25 years ago now, when I started my firm after leaving the firms in Atlanta, I read the book, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And I may have talked about that multiple times on here, but that's one of the biggest things that contractors can do is the systems and processes. And I love what that book teaches. And what you find is that for 25 years of documenting processes, a lot of people don't want to take the time to do it. And this AI, chat GPT, stuff like that can easily do it in minutes, or at least have you some kind of starting point in minutes, literally. You're right about that. And the more you grow, the ability to communicate amongst everyone in your organization becomes more and more difficult. And one party doesn't know what the other party's doing, and it becomes very stressful. Then they don't like working there anymore. But you've communicated something or you think you have, but it's not a system or process that you regularly use. So you're, you're mad at your employees for not listening to you. That bleeds profit. It just doesn't need to. If you have those systems and workflow processes in place and you are monitoring them each step of the way that they're going along, someone else is monitoring and you're monitoring them, what, however you want to do it, you can see that when part of those processes of getting a project completed stop, you're bleeding money. What you just said, too, is a absolute another reason that you should be documenting in these systems. Because I know anybody running any kind of business is going to have some miscommunications when you have growth and trying to tell your employees what to do. And you can get mad all you want at your employees, like you said, but if they're not clear on the process, maybe you've told them. But are you going to be able to discipline them if you don't have it written out and they don't know really what that step is or they did it? It's not getting a change order in writing. Right. Again, there's a lot we could talk about there, but getting employees to understand what the processes are as well as following the process. If you got something at least documented, at least you've got something to go back and say, hey, you screwed this up. Gotcha. That's really not the point of today, but. Anyway, number seven is probably even more wide open than the the last one. Adopting lean construction principles. And that embodies a lot of things. It's like figuring out where your customer values the most in the project, optimizing in the planning, eliminating waste, looking for continuous improvement in your processes, empowering your workers to help you build the system and improve the system. Focusing on the quality in the work so you don't have go back and, you know, warranty type work that obviously can play into the profitability use of technology. Make a lot of contractors are technology averse and they don't do things like chat GPT or they like to see some of these softwares, but they're really not that tech savvy and they're afraid of it. Take, for example, you're, you're a construction manager and you approach an owner about managing the project and you've got to convince them that you have all seven of these items in place, especially the lean construction practices on the job that you are in charge of enforcing so the owner doesn't have to. That's how you get your profit, managing a construction project. So, but that same lean construction practices, principles, they apply to everyone. It's where can I make it a little leaner? 
We don't want to make everyone miserable and we don't want to slow the job down over it because time is money, right? But lean construction principles, it's always changing and there's always something more you can learn about a lean construction practice. And the folks that like tech will say tech's the best way to go on that. Other times, it's just adopting a a safety program that really lets your workers know this is coming from management. You're going to lose your job. You get hurt and you're not doing what we've been preaching to you to do. It's your fault and there'll be consequences. Right. There's a lot going into it. And I would say that all seven of these, I think having lean construction practices or principles since the last one is perfect because they all tie in together, don't you think? They do. And I'm sure there's other nuances that we didn't hit in this. Maybe we didn't stop all the bleeding, but maybe we slowed it down quite a bit. And okay. we're in growth mode. A lot of these things you got to adopt is putting all these systems in place as you grow. So Okay. Well, I'd like to, before we close out the podcast, just go over these seven again. Can I just read them out? Absolutely. Okay. Number one, getting change orders documented and secured. Number two, making sure you build everything that you have a right to bill. Number three, having someone else double check your bids. Number four, get on top of your job costing and make it as real time as possible. Number five, have systems and workflows in place so that critical steps are not missed. Number six, streamline and actively manage your supply chain. And number seven, adopt lean construction practices or principles. There you go. Enough said, I think. We may do another uh, pie called Another Seven Ways to Stop Bleeding. But I think this is a great start, Wade. I hope people uh, get something out of it. Uh, like I told you before the podcast, I have a customer I'm, I'm literally going to email this to as soon as we finish podcasting. Well, actually, it's a topic I've enjoyed as myself, but anyway. Well, that's what we're all about on the Contractor Success Forum is keeping your profits and your project because if you make money, all sorts of good things happen. Good things for you, good things for your employees, good things for your vendors, good things for everyone. So we want to keep you going strong and we want keep you around for as long as you want to do business. Okay. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you all for listening to the Contractor Success Forum. Check out the show notes at ContractorSuccessForum.com or on the Carpenter CPA's YouTube channel for more information. We would appreciate it if you consider subscribing and follow us every week as we post a new episode. And we will look forward to seeing you on the next show.